Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not going to play the theme song because <sighs> so Molly's sad. not going to hear it, I don't think. <laughs> What's the point? Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, I feel that. <laughs> not to be rude or dark, <laughs> but like, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> A bell. Refill Mr. Franklin's glass, will you? Now, when you get up there tonight, don't drink too much. Oh, don't worry, I will. How about a whiskey and soda? Less soda than usual, thanks. And this is wine. To drink. Just a sip might improve your humor. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. No, I've had a couple. Come on, I'm not an excellent vintage it is too but if you're implying that i'm tipsy sir welcome to tipsy tear uh this is a podcast where we're in quarantine (laughs) and we're not drunk (laughs) because life sucks and i don't know um we watch horror movies what a joyous comeback we're having (laughs) and yeah this is our first episode in a while probably a month over over a month wow okay i bet you've missed us uh i'm sure probably who knows i don't know we're on week our week two seven, fans week seven of quarantine and we have not done one since oh my god yeah um yeah i didn't realize oh sorry go ahead hurry no no go ahead <laughs> i didn't realize how much of my week doing this podcast takes up so now that it doesn't take up any of my week i'm just like this big void imagine being harish whose half of his week is editing this fucking podcast oh my god yeah yeah i mean i don't know it's just it sucks like i never (laughs) feel like doing anything and like yeah i mean yeah i have more time that i'm not editing or doing whatever but still like it's not like i'm using that time for anything else (laughs) um but but we have decided we were like we're gonna get we're gonna do one of these because normally see we have our patreon and we do bonus episodes and on those episodes we typically do things that you can't do while you're drunk and currently under quarantine we can't really do this podcast while we're drunk not that like we're not capable of getting drunk it's just we're having to um google hangouts with molly and there's some extra tech to it and it's just not worth the hassle so i can't get drunk anymore (laughs) so we're just staying sober for our own safety and just gonna kind of treat it like a bonus episode we would and um don't know why i phrase it like that but uh and just do something that we normally wouldn't do and something we always avoid doing when we're drunk is foreign films because we have a high tendency to not look at the screen get caught up in conversation which normally when you're watching a film in english though you might miss some of it you'll at least hear the action and with a foreign film if you look away for five minutes you've lost everything so uh yeah we did that yeah, and today our movie that we're talking about is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And uh, like you mentioned, like looking away from the screen is bad for foreign movies, especially this one. Which, by the way, we kind of fucked up because this, like, technically it's in another yeah. language, but it's technically it's not movie. a foreign movie. Vice produced it. <laughs> yeah. It's produced. I saw that. I was so shocked. It's well, it's written and directed by Anna Lily Amirpour, who is um like ethnically Iranian, but she like was born in Britain and grew up in the United States. 
um, and all of it was filmed in California. But um, the only thing is the uh, the dialogue is all in Farsi. Yeah, but I'm sorry, this was filmed in California. Yeah, yeah. they did wow. a really good job yeah. of making it not look like California, but. Yeah, That's it cool. was it was entirely filmed in California. I I like watched an interview with her, um, and she was talking about how it's like not feasible to try to film in Iran and get like permits and stuff, uh, especially like a Hollywood movie crew or whatever. But um, yeah, so it was all filmed in California, um, but it's it's all starring like Iranian. Um, actors or ethnically iranian actors they're all like american like actors but they're all iranian and they speak all in farsi um but yeah it's considered the uh first iranian vampire western okay yeah Yeah, i can see that and so okay well let's just describe the movie first um the movie's called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night and Which like right from the title Yeah and like knowing that it's a horror movie, you're like, Oh god, that sounds like it could go like worst case scenario. Right. But it's so cool. But it's best the case premise of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so uh I watched this interview with the director and uh like the interviewer asked her like to describe the story or something and he and her response was the story here is just the characters and what they're going through and why <laughs> which is the perfect description for this but it's essentially about a bunch of people who live in this fictional town called Bad City in Iran um and uh I guess it's we couldn't really figure out the time period it's like it's maybe like vaguely 90s, 90s and 2000s yeah because like the any time it really it, right it was definitely post 80s because her poster or her wall is covered in 80s posters they listened to records but then whenever she was in the drug, the drug dealer's house she was messing with his cds so it's after the time of cds but i don't know just like the general vibe i was getting from people it was definitely like at least past mid 90s yeah yeah. Okay, Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Call me out. Um, but yeah, it's about these people. They live in the town. Um, the main character uh, is this guy named Orash, um, who he like works as a gardener for this rich girl. It's um, her family. Her family, yeah. And um, the movie opens with him stealing a cat and then like taking his car and driving home. Um, and he has this like uh thunderbird car um oh, that car yeah pretty iconic car um so and uh like he's he's poor his dad is um addicted to heroin and like um the this drug dealer c- um comes at the beginning of the movie and like takes his car because his dad owes money for um the drugs that he's been using and then it mainly just follows those characters along with a few others. There's like um, a, a sex worker who's also a main character, 
partially um and then there's also his, the girl his dad sees that woman sometimes right. and she works for that drug dealer guy yeah and yeah that's like kind of her tie to the other characters and then there's the girl and, and, and then, then just this child oh, right yeah. there's a random kid <laughs> you know the story you know it's a depressing story when there's a random little street boy running around <laughs> in an oversized jacket <laughs> right with a skateboard <laughs> <laughs> i love that she steals his skateboard and then frequently throughout the movie she's just going through the streets on it and i'm like this is it that's the vibe right um yeah but then there's the the girl, the titular girl, whose name we don't know. We she's don't know. just the girl. And, and she's a vampire. She's a vampire. Yeah. And, and I love her. <laughs> yeah. So, like... like honestly, maybe the best vampire. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. She's like... So her whole thing is that she kind of focuses on mostly... Mostly men. you see her kill bad people. She's the Dexter right. of vampires. And men. It's, it's almost always men. I think it is always it's, men. She is the Dexter. It's mostly men yeah. who are like ab- abusive, abusive to women yeah. in You do see her kill a homeless guy. Yeah. Which I don't think is on the same level. I think that was right. just a hunger thing. Not really a right. like targeting him thing. Yeah. But yeah, she, she basically targets abusive men. And she... This is like a beautiful love story, <laughs> right? <laughs> but in a weird way, kind of like how um, I'm gonna wreck it at the end. But I let the right one in. It's kind of oh, on yeah. like the same. Like the whole time I was watching this, I was like, "This is pretty similar vibes." Where it's just like an outcast and a vampire, and they're helping each other, and they're like in love. But like right. this one's like, it's different. It's definitely a more like adult because like they're more vamp, they're older. But yeah. And a note I wrote when I watched this. Um, the scene where she like you first see her and she's just dancing alone in a room. Uh-huh. I'm like, I felt that. And she has great taste in music. Yeah. yeah. I'm just dancing to this like eighties bop and like putting on her eyeliner. I didn't okay, awesome. first of all, I just want to note that I did say out loud when watching, how is she doing that without looking in a mirror? Because she just sits on her bed not looking in well, she she can't look into a she mirror. She can't because um, she's a vampire. She's a vampire. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. I didn't realize that she was the vampire because it's the first scene you're watching her and I didn't know who she was yet. And right. she's just sitting there just expertly because like not only, okay, you get it, she's a vampire. The actress still had to do this. <laughs> and right. she like just streaks the eyeliner across and like, yeah, it's not perfect, but she did a solid line. Her lipstick, she kind of got a little off uh, rails for, but I was just like, how does she do that? And literally, as I was saying it right now, but right before you called it, I was like, right. she's a vampire. Well, you, you like commented on that while we were watching it and you were like why is she not looking in the mirror and then i didn't think about that at all until i watched this interview that i watched and it had the director and the actress who plays the girl um and she's like yeah there's that scene where she's um putting on makeup and she can't look in the mirror because she doesn't have a reflection i'm like oh that makes sense (laughs) i was so bothered but she does it so well but yeah molly um just my second point was um upon like literal like first seconds you see her i was like yes she is my woman because she's just like vibing to music just completely <laughs> losing herself to right. it and you just never see that <laughs> yeah it was, it was great it was beautiful <laughs> so in terms of plot the main stuff <laughs> that happens what i was just gonna do it but i was like me when too shy comes on <laughs> <laughs> that truly is because it's got that Putting sick, on my eye glitter in my parents bathroom <laughs> that sick 80s vibe to it which is what she goes for too <laughs> uh 
yeah so in terms of plot mainly what happens is the girl sees the drug dealer the drug dealer um steals um arash's car and he goes and visits the sex worker who works for him and like makes her like give him a blowjob and then like throws her out doesn't give her her money yeah throws her out and gets mad at her and then the girl like sees that and then starts following this dude and then he like flirts with her and like picks her up and is like um and and brings her back to his house to, which turns into one of the strangest courting scenes i have ever seen in uh, my life it's great <laughs> i was so put off by every choice that guy made whenever they entered his well, house um in this interview that i watched the director was describing her uh, describing him she was talking about how um she like loves all of the characters um and specifically brings up the drug dealer and she's like yeah i love him he's just like a ball of energy and he's just a bunch of juice he's just Um, like aggressively dancing while she sits there like straight face just unamused in what he's doing because he's trying to impress her (laughs) right what was that he's basically um He's also uh, coked out in the scene, I must Joseph note. Gordon Levitt's character from um <laughs> yeah, oh fucking what's it? Don Juan. Yeah. He's like your stereotypical Don John. Don, Don John. John, yeah. Uh your stereotypical like Jersey Shore guy, except an Iranian drug dealer. <laughs> and he has the craziest mustache style. Craziest mustache. <laughs> he has sex tattooed on his neck. The word sex. Bad tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Um, I will say though, there was a moment where I was like, he's kind of—he's he's a pretty good-looking guy. <laughs> if you take if you take all the shit off of him, it's like, oh, it's pretty good. Oh, absolutely. Right. No, I'm gonna track this guy down. <laughs> yeah, that's not a lesson. <laughs> but yeah, so she she goes to the house with him and just silently watches him flirt with her for a while until she, um. Like, she starts sucking his finger and then bites it off and then, like, kills him. Before she starts sucking his finger, though, like, she's got it right in front of her mouth. And then she, her, that's the first reveal of her fangs. Yeah. And both Harish and I went, oh, cool. As soon as the fangs pop out. Right. She, like, smiles. She, like, opens her mouth and then the fangs, like, pop out. And and they're so good. So good. Yeah. They're some of the best fangs I've ever seen in my life. They're so good. And then she, like, bites his finger off and then kills him. Right. She kills him. Um, and at the same time, Orash comes back, comes to the drug dealer's house to try to get his car back. Because he stole earrings from the rich girl. Right. He stole earrings from his employer. To, <laughs> uh, so, like, pay the debt and get his car back. Yeah. Uh, and then he, like, shows up and the girl, like, looks at him and leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he uh, goes up and finds a drug dealer dead and, like, takes his... takes all the drugs and his car keys. and his car keys and takes a, the body and like gets rid of it yeah um and then basically takes over the drug dealer's business and then the rest of the movie is just like following these characters as they interact and like keep meeting and yeah just everyone kind of it's like it's one of those movies where it's it's not that nothing happens, but it's just a you're following right. characters and they're interacting with each other in like a couple of days. It's it's about what the characters are going through and yeah, why. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, there's no like huge storyline here. It's just stuff happens and it affects the other people in the community. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, 
I don't know. I love movies like this. Like my favorite movie in the world is Dazed and Confused, and it's one of those movies. Like oh my god, yeah. Nothing happens. It's right. ju- you're just watching like a collective of characters just go through their day, and it's like I I think that that's like the most important thing is like establishing like really well liked characters. And the, the, you said the director and writer like she loves every single character in this movie, and yeah. with right she's got she's right to do so because they're all just like very well crafted and like. I wasn't bored throughout the entire movie. Like I loved it. And I think a lot of people might sign up for this movie because they see it and they're like, oh, it's a vampire film. It's going to be great. It's one of the best vampire films I've ever seen. But it's also just like, that's not what it's about. And I feel like people who psych themselves up like that might not like it and consider it to be boring because it's actually just more about like, it's like a drama about a community, you know? Right. Can we talk about the best scene in the movie where they're at the party? very beautifully filmed by the way i love that love the way they did the camera stuff on that oh i I can't think of another thing where i've seen it exactly done i think that 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 was the scene where you were like you like looked over at me and you were like uh this is one of the best shot movies i've ever seen (laughs) it's the composition of every single shot but that scene you're right it was amazing We've had a conversation on our podcast before about, like, when movies shoot, when characters are on drugs, how, like, sometimes it's, like, weird and, like, doesn't make sense. Right. And sometimes it is, like, more accurate. I thought this was cool. It was great. Yeah. But I did it. I felt like I, felt like I could feel his heart beating <laughs> through yeah. the whole thing because there was just a certain, like, pulsing through it all. I've never it been on ecstasy, so I don't really know what that effect is supposed to feel like. Right. But, like, it seemed right. I don't know. It what were you sense. saying, Molly? No, it doesn't matter. Okay, but no, it was great. It was it was just a really cool vibe, and they also just pairing with that. And Molly mentioned the music earlier. Like the music selection is just choice. Like you, they they just knew exactly which beats to hit for every single moment. Like the soundtrack fucks so incredibly hard. Can you yeah. download the soundtrack? Because I feel like the just listening to that as a collective will really do some things. The for soundtrack me. is. <laughs> Um, when, uh, I read like the description, the first vampire Western, like there's nothing really that, um, at least to me, uh, I haven't seen a lot of Westerns, but to me, like there wasn't really like a Western, um, nothing evocative of a Western other than maybe like the way Orash dresses and the car. But other than that, other than anything visually, what really connected it to a Western was the music yeah. because a lot of the music is very like spaghetti Western type music. You get your the soundtrack and stuff. Yeah. I guess the st- it does make sense. The story it's like, you know, it's just one of those slow tales. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, Oh, I just like hearing it called a Western. It's something I just, I want to love Western so much, but I just have yet to spark that like i think i like western i love western i just haven't, haven't watched seen enough, enough. <laughs> yeah but i think another like classic thing of that western style i don't know if you said i was distracted for a second um is that like riding off into the sunset yeah. oh yeah which we which have riding off into the sunrise the... oh was it the sunrise i thought it was the well middle night. i mean it was the middle of night but eventually the sun's gonna rise I feel like we never actually got confirmed that she can't be in the sunlight, but that's definitely a role for her, right? Because she's yeah. only out at she night. She lives in a basement. Um, she she Sorry. does not. Um, We're li- watching a live unboxing happening. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got a thermos. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh wow that's a nice thermos that's a actually. very big thermos <laughs> it says kodak films and plates it's your I orange know how big it was be. Kodak oh that is a color. thermos man it is very tall <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited we just like watched the package get handed to her and like her she she was muted so it was all just silently watching her emote as she's opening the package. I'm sorry. Wow. Um what else? Oh, um yeah, uh the spaghetti western music um as the main soundtrack, but there's also like at specific points they do play like old pop songs. Um and they all work like really effectively. There's the scene we talked about where she's dancing alone, where it worked really well. And then there's the other scene where um, the dad goes to the prostitute and like pays her and um, tells her to dance for him. And that's mm-hmm. another scene where they put on a pop song. I don't know the actual song. And she's just dancing to it with the, like the sunlight. She's like, oh, we didn't mention this movie's in black and white. We, oh yeah we did not mention Which, that it like so it looks like it wasn't filmed in black and white though that they color graded it after okay really i don't know but like i can't tell yeah you know if it was or not I, I don't know if it was filmed in black and white or if it was like done later but i thought like the black and white worked really well like as the lighting was like really good um especially in that scene where the prostitute dances for the dad um she's like backlit uh and you see like the light through her hair and it's like really really pretty and really well done but a lot of the scenes um there is like that contrast between the the black and um the light yeah well like whenever i was saying like so some of my i just think that this movie has like some best shot shot comp ever um just like everything is arranged so beautifully and it always feels like real deep and like perfectly layered even whenever they're like on a close-up like the close-up has something special to it like there's a slight angle or something right and i think something that really came into play here was the lighting because i think the way they like very they did the contrast i think it helped like make those layers and that depth really eye catching mm-hmm. because it just kind of placed I don't know. I don't know a lot about like I this is something that Sydney would be able to describe <laughs> that right. I can't. But like it takes a lot for me to I mean I noticed it was shot anamorphic you can tell from the lens players. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Sid. It takes like a lot for me to be able to be like, yes, this was the aspect I loved. And but the thing is like this that was probably my favorite part of the movie was actually looking at it. Definitely um this movie it's in black and white there's not a lot of dialogue so on wikipedia it says like it's kind of an homage to nosferatu Mm. being in black and white and it's basically silent there's like very few dialogue but um there's a lot of music um and a lot of just shots where like stuff is happening but it's like slow and um not people aren't talking basically um but yeah it it's really well shot uh, um one really cool uh one thing that i really liked is when the camera follows like people there's um there's a part where 
um, the dad is basically harassing the sex worker to, um, like hang out with him. Like he's, he's, um, he's, uh, um, what's it called when you, when you like stop taking drugs suddenly? Withdrawal. Withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah, He's in withdrawal because, um, Orash doesn't give him any more, um, heroin and he's in withdrawal and he's like chasing this woman and asking her um please just like hang out with me like i spent so much money on you over the years just like i just want to um hang out with you and she's like no like get bring some money or like leave me alone and Mm -hmm. the girl notices that and starts following him but like she they're like she's basically mirroring him um he like walks forward and she walks forward like right best like um, a little uh, distance away but like in the same speed and he stops and like they they start marrying she starts marrying him and the camera like follows that and I thought that was really cool um, when that happened yeah, and then he like, like runs away and she like leaves him and lets him go um, but there are other scenes like that where there's a scene where the prostitute like scratches the car because she's mad at the drug dealer um, and then like she sees the girl behind her and starts to walk away and it focuses on the on the um, sex worker and it's uh, like the camera focuses on her. She walks a little distance and then she turns back and looks and then there's this quick like pan um, to where we see the girl behind her and then it starts following them from that angle as uh, so we get both of them in the shot and that's really, really cool really helps with like the creepiness of being followed kind of like how you feel yeah yeah my favorite um vampire moment is when so she comes after the boy yeah so the she like the boy like walks away from her and he like kind of starts running and he's like running forward and running forward and then he runs into her because she is like somehow right been able to like teleport and um, not teleports the wrong word but a little bit just like yeah. get in front of him so he like bumps into her and it's very kind of like um supernatural happening right, I like that right. Part a lot. it's your and it's scary yeah <laughs> yeah in. that was kind of like a bit of a jolt. honestly that's probably the scariest moment in the film just watching her threaten that boy <laughs> yeah she like she's like are you a good boy and he's like yeah and she's like don't lie yeah and her voice gets really creepy and then she's like um uh like she basically threatens him like if you're not a good boy then i'll rip your eyes out and feed them to the dogs or whatever and she has her fangs out while she's talking to him it's terrifying yeah she's so threatening to this little boy (laughs) um she doesn't want him to grow up and be a piece of shit like getting the men she's killing right that's true um Let's talk about the design of the vampire because she amazing. She basically just wears like this striped shirt and just pants. But um, on top of that, she has a chador, which is um, so I did. I looked up the different types of headscarves um, yesterday. And so a chador is where like you have your Muslim headscarf like it, it covers their head, but their face is still visible. And then. Um, the rest of it is a cloak that like normally they like just fold it around them um, and hold it closed with their hands. Um, and she wears that on top and it's like a really like iconic kind of um, image 
of her uh like because anytime is like a drawing and right it, it like incorporates that in it anytime a character sees her it's just her standing there with the um chidora around her it's also like evokes like dracula's cape and stuff it's very right and it, it's like a cool like muslim woman version of the traditional like high collar dracula cape um and it works really well and apparently in this interview with the director that i watched she talked about like that was like her first um idea for the movie was when she like put on because she like grew up in the united states and never wore one of those um and she put one on and like uh like had the feeling of that it was like flowing in the same way like a cape or a bat um would and so that like gave her the image of this um vampire girl that was very cool yeah um and like um there's the part where after she threatens the the kid she uh steal like he runs away and she takes his skateboard and then she's just like skateboarding around the city and um like the it flows the chador flows behind her um at as like in the same way cape would and it's it's just like a really cool image of her on the skateboard with the a flowing <laughs> cape mm-hmm. basically um really just like very artistically shot mm-hmm. throughout um. yeah it feels very dreamlike throughout the whole film too. Right. Like yeah. There's a sense of like you're removed from reality when you're watching it. And even like the name of the city isn't a real city. And... Right. It's bad city is what it's called. And then they like you always cut back to like these like construction or like some kind of like big industrial like plant. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of oil um oil rigs yeah. and um yeah, there's a scene where um, the two lovers uh, meet in front of a power station, um, and it's all like lit up behind them. Um, and but they're like in it's at night, uh, and they're in the darkness, and it's like really it looks really cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's very like industrial decay type of city. Um, mm-hmm uh what else to talk about the cat the cat yeah the cat, the superstar that round boy oh my god <laughs> Who, i just read a trivia fact on imdb about the cat did you already hear it no no oh uh, let me find it again the cat masuka was not originally written in the script but the director was so impressed by his skills that she put him in the film uh his skills <laughs> well he does have skills of like not moving yeah. and not struggling at all i was so impressed by the okay the opening scene is when he steals the cat and he basically like he walks quite a distance to get to his car and stuff and then like so that's a long time that they were filming just holding that cat and then several moments throughout the film somebody's just holding the cat and yeah. it's just completely slumped in their arms man unfazed unbothered it is just chilling and I have never seen a cat so calm for so long. Like, it's incredible. Right. It's so fat. I love it. It's just, it, especially in the end, when you have the shot in the car where it's in the center, you see oh. just fully how round it is. Oh, <laughs> oh, loved it. I just yeah. like that it was there. And it, like, 
I don't think there was like a ton of meaning behind having the cat there, but it was a cool, it was a nice connector. Right. It ties everything together. together, Like the full, full circled pretty much all of the characters. Right. Um, so yeah, a lot of this movie is about the girl and her loneliness, but it's not like explicit. It's just like following her looking sad as she walks through the town at night. And um, I wanted to bring up something that I remembered that I um, they talked about in this interview that I watched. Sorry, I keep referencing this one thing, but um, no, it's great. <laughs> um, it the the actress who plays the girl um, was talking about how um, the director made her read Interview with a Vampire um, in preparation for this, and she talks about there's what that a, whole story is about. There's a part in that book where Lestat like chuckles and then he is surprised and he's like, oh, I haven't had the feeling of I've never I haven't had that feeling in so long. And he's just surprised by it. And she she talks about, oh, that's basically this girl. The first time she sees Orash um, when she's leaving the drug dealer's house, she like perks up kind of, but then is like weirded out and like goes um, like just walks past him without saying anything. Um, and it's like the first time she's felt like love or anything other than loneliness, really. Love that for her. (laughs) You go girl. And then, um, after that, they don't really see each other until she finds him drunk. (laughs) No, he's on ecstasy, right? He's on, yeah, ecstasy. It's after the party. So at this party, he, um, he sees the rich girl that he works for. Um, and sells drugs to her, like sells ecstasy to her. Um, and then she like makes him take uh, a pill. Um, and, and then he like comes on to her, but then she like rejects him. And then he's like very, um, sad sad about that. And like, uh, and also he's like in this drug haze. Um, and so he's just walking, home and he's lost and he's uh so the girl finds him just staring at a street light um and he's still like very much in this like drug state <laughs> um and that's when they like first really connect uh um yeah cuz he's being so nice to her and like he's not being creepy in any way he's not really trying to come on to her he's just like lost and like right. wants some help and, and there's like, so much irony yeah yeah because he's dressed as dracula and he's like don't worry i'm not gonna hurt you yeah which like circles back to the whole like concern with like that even the title a girl walks home alone at night so you're like expecting that to be bad the whole time but then it flips the script by having her be the danger and he's like oh don't worry i'm not gonna hurt you and she's just like "Uh like, because he doesn't know and we do it's just good i don't know why i over explained it but it's just nice yeah that is uh good to bring up is like a lot of um vampire stories are about like male vampires attacking um innocent women Whereas this like reverses it and it's like the innocent woman attacking the aggressive men. Go ahead, Molly. Another great scene where it like really flips it and it's where they're back at her apartment and like she like takes him back to like her apartment or whatever, like right after this scene and she is standing there like she has her um 
headscarf off and she's just wearing her like striped t-shirt and you can see like the back of her neck is all exposed and he's still dressed as dracula he like walks up behind her so yeah. it's really cool for like knowing the dracula lore right how it usually goes for women in that situation to and have they just, it like completely reversed and they just like stand there very romantically <laughs> with his right. he's just like slightly behind her and they just like stand there for a minute and i was like this is doing it for me that's cinema baby yeah and then she like she turns around and like pushes his head back and like wave exposes his neck and you're like okay like she's gonna do it and then she doesn't she just puts her head on his chest because like she's like confused she doesn't know what to do right it's like like you said like this is her first time feeling it and it's just like so touching and you just like you want to hold them well the scene before that um uh, where like she finds him staring at the streetlight he like they have this conversation he's like where am i i'm lost and she's like you're in bad city and he's like but i live in bad city this isn't it and he's just like very confused and like she comes up to him and i forget exactly what what the interaction is but at some point like he like holds her hand and he's like oh you're so cold yeah. and then he like just like um gives her a hug and like wraps her with his cape that he has to warm her up yeah and it's so sweet and then like then like she puts him on the skateboard and rolls him back to her (laughs) apartment or her like little basement basement that she lives in um which is so so sweet it's so cute (laughs) they're so cute i love them so much yeah even though are we going to talk about the dynamic that she murdered his dad? And he yeah. definitely knows it. Yeah. So, so. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he did. No, go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Uh, let me just explain it. Um. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what happens is at the end, like the dad's still in withdrawal and he like keeps looking at the cat and is convinced that um, they're uh, the, his his wife. ex-wife his like the I mom who dead. who i believe is dead yeah he he sees the mom's eyes in the cat's eyes and is convinced that the mom is watching watching him and like is yelling at the cat and basically uh tells the dude uh, tells orash like um get rid of this cat i can't have it looking at me and um he gets fed up and like throws out the um dad and he says like he gives him a bunch of money and is like okay and some heroin yeah he gives him because the dad is still like asking for more heroin he's like so he gives him money and heroin and goes like get out like we're done um uh you don't live here anymore and so the dad goes to the prostitute and like spends the night with her but like forces her to um take some heroin which she doesn't want to um and then the uh the girl finds them why does she is is there a reason she just like was there i I can't remember um i feel like she's like they talked earlier and like she showed the sex worker all the stuff that she stole there was like this stuff with the cat watching them and then all of a sudden like it showed her like perk up and then she like just showed up right yeah the girl just like shows up there at the sex worker's apartment and like finds them in that state and kills the dad um and then like they both get rid of the body by just like leaving him on the side of like the the road like as if he had just died um like from being out in the cold or whatever um 
and then uh, uh the girl takes the cat and brings it back to her basement and then orash like the next day finds um he sees this crowd of people including this kid who's been here the whole time um crowding around this dead body and like realizes it's his dad um and then i guess he's like um this is gonna be a problem for me because like they're gonna find out all the drugs stuff and whatever um so he goes and meets the the girl and is like okay we've got to leave right now and tells her like you got to pack your stuff we we have to leave and she does she packs up all her stuff but as she's packing up he sees his own cat there with her and like he makes the connection that oh my dad was killed so it was probably her so he does like make that connection but they still drive off and um he stops for like at one point he stops gets out of the car and like paces for a little bit and then like gets back in the car and they drive off um and that's uh the end of the movie um but yeah he he does know there that she did kill (laughs) kill his dad um but there's still it's it's interesting because um the movie ends there and there's the issue of a he knows that she killed his dad but also she knows that she's going to be out in the sunlight um and they they both like have like they both don't care it's kind of like it it kind of reminds me of um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind where at the end he's like oh we're we're all she's like oh we're just gonna end up hating each other and he's like okay yeah and that's how eternal sunshine ends and this it's like we both have this thing that's gonna be a problem for us but um we have this like shared love for each other that it's worth it to just like do this for for however long it's gonna last I mean, they were both miserable and lonely. Yeah. So now they're going to be miserable and lonely together. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't really know, like, how to interpret the whole she killed his dad thing. It's, like, weird. Right. On one hand, like, I don't think they had a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard because the dad was struggling. Yeah. Right. So I don't think you can condemn the dad for his addiction. Right. But it's also unfair to not realize that like that had an impact on his relationship with his son. Yeah. And he was like abusing that woman. Like he yeah, literally tied her okay. down and made her take drugs. Yeah. So there's that. But So I think it was one of those things like he was finally freed from like yeah, that's how the I responsibility thought. and obligation that he felt in their relationship. Right. And was able to kind of look back. And I think she was like also kind of freed from her like burden of feeling like she is a bad person in meeting this guy who loves her. Yeah. And like, he definitely knows she has something to do with more than one murder because he was there right after she killed the drug dealer. Like, he knows that she was in that building. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and so, like, when he was, like, kind of, I guess, courting her, and she was saying, like, I'm a bad person, and he's, like, I don't care. He definitely already knew she was, like... A bad a, person. A killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? But, I don't know, they're so... 
it's just like so cute like right. i said i keep i compared it to let the right one in let the right one in has a similar thing with it like she definitely murders people on it but you're like but she's so cute <laughs> <laughs> right I'm more willing to forgive a young female vampire I don't oh know. for sure <laughs> <laughs> like think about it vampires are already the hottest monster yeah hands down um uh i i watched like i started watching a different interview with the this director and she was like you know i've um i've been thinking like you know we have all these stories so there's got to be some sort of truth to it and maybe this is kind of my my way of by releasing this movie i'm saying hey vampires if you're out there come get me we're chill we're chill (laughs) oh my god i love that yeah what's it's her way there's this tumblr post that's like steps out onto my porch and slaps my neck hey vampires come get y'all juice yeah. <laughs> this is her way of saying that to the world oh right <laughs> i love that that's a great job on it you know what true <laughs> has she does she have anything else that she's done do you know i don't know this this movie was her first feature i think um I, wow. I don't know if she has had anything else. Legendary. It was like based on she like made a short story or a short film that was like it's oh, she basically directed one of the Twilight Zone episodes. The new oh, ones. the new Twilight oh. Zone. Oh, cool. Oh, she did the Bad Batch. What is that? It's like Jason Momoa, and they live in like this wasteland cannibal. Jim Carrey's in it, and Keanu Reeves. Holy shit! Well, in Texas, huh? Yeah. Because I read this article and she was talking about how her, her next movie is going to be a cannibal love story between a cannibal and his food. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it is. And I think Jason Momoa is the star cannibal there. Uh, boy, nice. are all three Jason Momoa, Jim Carrey, and Keanu Reeves unsettling looking in this film. <laughs> Jason Momoa looks mostly the same, but... Okay, I'm I'm interested. I am sign me the fuck up. <laughs> well, let me know what you guys think of the Bad Batch because clearly it's coming any day now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm watching this for sure. I also I sent um Sam and Harish a text when I finished this movie about an hour ago <laughs> um, that the ending shot looks like how i see them <laughs> how i picture them calm during the quarantine just like sitting on your couch with the cat in the middle right <laughs> that's how i see you guys. the implication that i am a vampire right i, I love it <laughs> it did it did look like our vibes because we are typically sitting on our couch with tom <laughs> in the middle of us actually most of the time he's laying on top of me but thomas <laughs> There was also another interesting moment. Um, this movie like very overtly deals with like gender and like flipping like gender roles in horror and in vampire legend. Right. But there's also like in the political broadcast, um, the guy is talking about like the woman's role in a relationship versus the man's, and I thought it was really interesting to kind of sprinkle in like that even as like background for like world building, right? And setting and stuff because it does really like set in that um um reversal right that comes later it was very cool yeah sorry i was just looking up the short 
she made a short film before she made this right. and I want to watch it because it just says that she's walking home alone and a man is following her. So I'm thinking that the plot right. was there is that she ends up being a vampire. The short is just like she, fo- she walks home and a man's following her and then it ends with her killing the man and it's just the reveal is she's a vampire and she was the bait. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know if I had anything else. Uh, that also reminds me of in what we do in the shadows those like underage teenage vampires that like lower in pedophiles oh and yeah it <laughs> 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 reminds me of that cinema right. um yeah uh I mean, if you're gonna be a vampire obviously you're gonna kill people who are doing bad shit you gotta dexter it there's only one choice oh for sure also, Dexter, great show, terrible ending. Absolutely one of the worst endings in, some, in TV history. Right. We're all in agreement there, even though I find that I typically disagree with people on where it goes bad. But that's another... What do you di- think it went wrong? I think it went wrong after season six. Most people say it went wrong after season four. Hmm. I think after Lila. Is like that, like, that the ending chick? Is that her? Who's Lila? The woman he, like actually kind of had feelings for but then it was weird because he shouldn't have i don't know yeah 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 see it's that that's where i am like no yeah i was like i'm out but it's it's still worth it i don't know also when i started catching on to him i like no that's how it had to end but like oh stupid (laughs) (laughs) i also just really love michael c hall so good show should Um, we go into segments is yeah, it time? About deck for now. I mean, it's been like yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's okay. Let's go for segments. Oh, shit. I haven't even thought. I kind of forgot that we do segments. Uh, what are our segments? I don't remember. <laughs> do we what our even remember? Are. Hang on. What would you do? I guess. Oh, what would you do? Are you eating a waffle fry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, jealous. I think they're freezer burned. They don't taste peak, but whatever. Yeah. They're not great. Anyways, what would you do if it were you in this movie? Well, if it were me, I would simply carry on as she does. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I would hands down be the girl. I would hands down just do what she's doing. I would hands down fall in love with a stranger in the middle of the night and run away with them with a cat. <laughs> this is my ideal existence. Yeah. Gotta she's say. my dream life. Oh, she's living how I'm going to be after quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I got bust out of my tomb here. <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't get killed. I think realistically how it would go down is I would like to meet a cool vampire lady and then be like, hey, yo, turn me into a vampire, please. Also, can we talk about how, like, he pierced her ears? Like, what a moment that was. (laughs) Oh, my God. Watching that was incredible. That was when they were at the um, power station. That might be the best scene in the movie, but... yeah. He like pierces. He like gives her the earrings that he stole from the rich girl and pierces right. her ears with a safety pin. Yeah, and like, that's romance, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know they're connecting. The Breakfast Club walk <laughs> so this movie could run. <laughs> oh, you're right. That is a beautiful scene. Jeez. Um, I guess I'm kind of both of them. Like, I, I kind of am the guy, but also kind of am the girl. Like, if I were a vampire, probably 
could be her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They're both great. All these characters are great. Mm-hmm. What's the guy's name? Arash. Arash. Um, something we didn't note on is he is very good looking, and mm. I just oh. want to get that on record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good looking guy. <laughs> Immediately you swoon. Ten out of ten would risk it all. <laughs> and she does. <laughs> Um, what's the next segment? Uh, villain ranking? Is that what we do? Mm-hmm. Who's I don't. The villain? Could she be the villain? See, I don't know. Like a villain? Because I think everyone in this movie is morally gray. Yeah. And it's just kind of like a they're just trying to survive type situation. I know yeah. there's some worse people. Like the drug dealer is like a worse guy. Right. But like he's not the villain, not the villain of the story. Not the you know. I mean. She is the monster. Like, even though she's, like, not evil, like, yeah. she's not the villain, she is, like, I, I feel like she's who we should include in our villain ranking. Should we just change the, the segment to be villain slash monster ranking? Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to include her. I think she's great. Right. Oh fuck! <laughs> this means I have to look at my villain ranking <laughs> and find that. <laughs> I'm actually having some big conflict internally right now. Uh, I slapped her at number one. I love her. Um, it's weird because Billy and Stu were my number one, but um, they're still the best villain. Because I don't consider her to be a villain. They're still the best villain. But I like her more because she is who I want to be. And um, I don't know. I just like the idea of a vampire who kills bad people all the time. And especially if they're like a very nice, pretty lady. And yeah, she's got that. But Billy and Stu are still my number one villains. I put her at number three. Um, My top three is now... um Billy and Stu is Ghostface, just because that's the number one for me, forever and always. Then I have Freddy Krueger, because he's forever and always my number two, and I love him. I put her at number three, because she's amazing and wonderful and great. <laughs> and, like, they just did such a good job. This movie's perfect. And she's great. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'd also put her number three underneath Freddy Krueger and then number two is um Laura Barnes slash Billy 227 from Unfriended uh but yeah I mean I don't really have a specific reason I just think she's cool uh and that's why she's number three on my list I don't know Um, all right very cool what do we want to rate this movie out of cats (laughs) stolen Cats or skateboards. Flower earrings. Uh, There's not a lot of props here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Street boys. (laughs) How many holes you would let a rash poke in your ear? (laughs) (laughs) How many piercings? (laughs) Uh... I don't know. Skateboards, maybe? I like skateboards. I'm cool with skateboards. I'm giving it 10. 10? <laughs> I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. This is a perfect yeah, film. 10 as well. It's awesome. There's just nothing wrong with it. I'm sorry. I, can't, no. I genuinely can't think of a, 
a single thing. It's not boring. It's a beautifully crafted story. Characters are my number one requirement for a good film. And this is loaded with great characters. And it's like an, a, a, a fantastic example of how black and white films are not boring. And like a lot of people have a hard time like making themselves watch a black and white film. And I feel like this is one that could definitely be used as a selling point. It is so good. Yeah. There's that. I'm gonna give I agree it with all that. I don't really have anything else to add. This movie just fucks so incredibly hard. I'm gonna give it a nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. Banned from <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, but you know, I mean, it's it's like it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not a ten for me. Uh, I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> but it's like great it's a nine i don't know i i don't know (laughs) we don't pick our feelings we can't choose how we feel i disagree with that (laughs) because sometimes when i'm having a feeling and i don't like it i you have to stop having that feeling that's true (laughs) i don't know make it go away real quick i don't know it's a great movie. Uh, uh, nine out of ten. Star- ten I literally don't like this movie. Just come right up and say it. <laughs> I mean, I I like it. You hate uh-huh. me. Just say it. I don't. I don't. It's just not in my ten level perfect film movies. So I think this is a personal reflection on your character, and I take it as such. <laughs> Whatever. So I uh, see you not liking this movie as a representation of our friendship. <laughs> I do like it. I gave it a nine. Our friendship is a nine out of ten. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're saying. <laughs> that's still an A. Yeah. <laughs> um, so recommendations. I haven't I got really. One. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on this movie, can we do recommendations and then like for this movie and then just like other recommendations? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Recommendation for this movie, um, the Similars. It's like a Spanish black and white horror movie. Um, it's it's one of my fa- it's like very very good. It's one of my favorites. Um, it just also has a kind of similar unsettling vibe where you're just watching how characters act in a situation. Right. That's kind of out of their control. Well, um, like I said a couple times, a big one that I want to recommend is Let the Right One In. It's like, the more I think about it, the more I'm able to compare the two films. Um, it's just a cute one of those. Uh, it's very similar to this in the story. Like, it's not terribly dramatic. It's just a story about two people struggling and one of them's a vampire. And they, like, find comfort in each other. And there's other stuff to the plots, but um, that movie made me want to be good at Rubik's Cube. Harish actually bought me one as a gift after we watched the movie, and oh. I refused to learn how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too lazy. Uh, that's the only big... Oh, and then like What We Do in the Shadows, if you want a fun vampire movie. That was awesome. Uh, I have not thought about this. Um, uh let the right one in is probably the best recommendation because it's the most similar in oh, terms of themes slash uh, vampires. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't really thought of anything else. I'm trying to come up with something, but go ahead if you have. Yeah, one. We can go first. Um, Revenge. 
this oh. movie called Revenge from 2017. It's or I think it's like vague if it's 2017 or 18. It's one of those. Um, it's this. Is it French? It's a French movie, right? It's in French. It's partly in French. It's in like multiple languages, okay. but well, it's this movie that was kind of I think it was produced by Shutter. Yeah. Um, and it's about this girl. It's a kind of a revenge plot. And I, when I first saw the trailer for it, I was like, I'm gonna fucking hate this film. And it ended up being one of my favorite movies ever. I love this movie. It's amazing. Um, and it's just like a another movie about a woman taking out men who are bad, but this one's more personal. Um. It's really good. Right. It's a little hard to watch at the beginning, but it's really good. Go ahead. I'd recommend Jennifer's Body. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Just like thematically. Again, a uh, girl <laughs> killing bad guys. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are That's a that's a fun a fun night watching this Jennifer's Body and Revenge. Like a slow Not a little teeth to pepper in after the teeth, fact. Hell yeah. teeth at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't recommended teeth in a while. I think we should uh, bring it back. Yes. I am sh- I'm continually shocked because most of the time we're drunk when we're doing this and I genuinely don't remember what our recommendations are the next day. And by the time I get around to doing the letterbox, I am genuinely shocked every time when I'm like, God, th- teeth again. <laughs> we just constantly bring it up. We just talk. We we. I think we have mentioned Teeth the movie by name more than any other movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm so mad. Gateway screened it a couple months ago for um, uh, Fright Club. They did it, and we missed it. Right. Oh, so pissed. I miss Gateway so much. I, I miss going, guys. I miss going to the movies so much. That was like three <laughs> to four days a week for me and Harish, oh, and Molly yeah. was there for almost all of them. <laughs> It's just I love third wheeling you guys. It's my it's my you know what? I realized it. I realized how much time of my life I spent third wheeling you <laughs> until I can't. You're the you're our cat. In well, the in the picture that's you yes. in the middle. I'm the cat. I'm the one you just took in off the street. <laughs> oh, we'll throw her a bone. She's doing surprisingly well, so we'll keep her around. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I miss, I miss going to the movies so fucking much. And because of, I will say, like, I don't know about you, Molly, but our, like, movie watching count, I think has definitely gone down. Oh, for sure. We definitely haven't seen it because we're not, like, actively, like, going to the movies to watch the, like, new releases and the old screenings and stuff like that. And then also, like, when you're, when, like, we've been at home, we, we, like, have watched more series because... Yeah. Normally we're not here so much, so we don't keep up with as many series. But like lately, we started like Twin Peaks and stuff, and we're just like, <gasps> yeah, he, yeah, he's oh, never seen it, it so it's been great. Um, but we've been sitting down watching like actual series, so we haven't watched as many movies, which is just a crazy existence to be in. And I was also like movie a day for a while before I had to like really start doing my homework. Oh yeah. And so ever since like I'm, I'm like done with the semester right now. Um, Congrats. I've been like doing TV. I haven't watched as many movies like within the past like week or so. I'd say yeah. first movie I watched in a while was this one, and then I had like the day before watched um, the Beastie Boys documentary, oh, which I would that. like to recommend. Yeah, perfect. If you want to roll into those, yeah. I was just about to say the only should... one uh, I I was scrolling through Letterbox to try to find one. The only one I could think of is maybe Lose, 
Um, oh, that's good. From yeah. last year, which is also kind of Whoa. like a atypical uh, love story. Oh. Um, good yeah, pick. it's about a girl who's in love with a demon. It's cool. Um, uh, yeah, that's another one where you're like watching their life. Right. Uh, well, I mean, that has a lot more action to it. Like, there's a lot, like, of plot. <laughs> um, whereas this one's, like, much slower and stuff. Uh, I also have another recommendation. It's this movie called Stoker. Um, I haven't seen it in so long, but it's, it's also, it's, it's about this girl who, um, her dad dies and her uncle comes to visit them and it's like very weird and it's also like one of those where it's like slow but also like weird and like about relationships and i don't know i haven't seen it in so long so i don't remember the details but it feels like a similar kind of feel Mm. but not wholesome (laughs) (laughs) not in a wholesome way (laughs) But yeah, um, go ahead with other recommendations. So I will say, so normally we do like in our bonus episodes, we do this thing. If um, you're not a Patreon, you wouldn't know um, where we just recommend stuff for that month. Um, But we haven't done a bonus episode for April. We're not going to probably for April and May for sure. Um, Which, by the way, our Patreon is frozen right now. So if you want free content to listen to our bonus episodes, Giddy up on over there. Um, But so since we can't do that for the bonuses, might as well do them for these. So with that, Molly, what's your uh, April, Rex? I'm like frantically trying to remember. um, Take your time. I got to look for mine too. Well, I want to recommend we just started playing this game uh, Until Dawn, um, which actually I feel like I kind of do want to do that as like an episode of the podcast Uh, at some point. It's so much fun. You would love it. Uh, yeah, it's That's this. What you were telling us about in the uh, group chat, right? right? Yeah, um, it's this game called Until Dawn. It's like a few years old, um, uh, but basically, it's a slasher movie that is interactive, and you play through, and <laughs> the the game reminds you every like five minutes that your your choices will affect the course of the story. So there's like multiple endings, and like um, characters will live or die based on your choices. Um, but it's like me and Samantha started playing it yesterday and it's like really fun. Um, they use like, they did like motion capture and like voice acting with, um, famous people. It is so unsettling seeing Rami Malik. Rami Malik. Yeah. Malik. It's Zane Malik. Rami Malik. (laughs) Um, it's so unsettling seeing Rami Malik like play a jock type high schooler he who's plays obsessed like with jock. having sex it's very yeah. uncomfortable he has a bunch of lines where he talks about oh he he tapped that when you had like stuff like that right and it's very weird hearing his voice say those lines but um yeah he's in he's in it um hayden panettiere is in it um, she's the main character and her name is samantha her name is samantha there's uh, a therapist played by peter stormare who love we love guy. um but yeah, it's it's really fun. We are not that far into it. We've only pl- um, played like the first two chapters out of ten. Um, but it's like just like fun because it's like watching a movie, but you get to decide what these horror characters do, um, and so you're not as frustrated with oh these people are being so dumb because you're making the choices. Um, so that's fun. It's called Until Dawn. If you haven't heard of it, 
Um, I also have a video game to recommend. Go um, for it. Club Penguin. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Somebody has like, it's called like clubpenguinrewritten.com. And you can go on and get all like the stuff you couldn't get if you didn't, if you could, like everybody has a membership now because you don't have to pay for it. Wait, so, I thought it's over. I thought Club no, Penguin was closed. It is, but somebody has like rewritten the code for it. Oh, so you oh, can nice. Do all this stuff and play all the games and like do whatever you want. Oh, you know, I'm and getting on that. Everybody's stuck on quarantine is just playing Club Penguin and vibing, and it's so fun. And nice. I like really, I like just, I, this is so embarrassing. Yesterday I finished all the missions because <laughs> I missed it so much. That's not embarrassing. But I had a club penguin since like fourth grade. It was like a big part of my identity. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> oh, you like froze up it, there. And now it's back. Um, You what? froze for a second. You're back though. You guys froze. Do you need, I don't know. You're good. Just Club Penguin meant a lot to me. I was really <laughs> sad when it ended. So I'm really, it's been, it's been great. I'm having a good time. Um, movies. I forget what I recommended for a bonus. So I'll just say some stuff again. I watched eighth grade for the first time and it made me sad. Nice. Oh, isn't it? It just hits home a little hard. It's so good. The part where she said, if I had a kid like me, it would make me sad. I cried. <laughs> it makes me sad still. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's like all of i don't know it's so relatable yeah right how does bo burnham know what it felt like to be an eighth grade girl i want to know <laughs> who was where was he getting this insight <laughs> why'd you have to do it like that <laughs> um akira i saw for the first time it was very good i watched eight and a half which was really good um what a way to go oh you guys should watch what a way to go it's this old movie from like 1964 I saw you posting on Tumblr about it, right? I was. I was I'd be posting. It caught um, my <laughs> eye for sure, the gifts that you were doing. It, Go ahead. It's just so visually interesting and funny and campy. But Shirley MacLaine plays this woman who like just wants to have a simple life. And she keeps marrying these men and they become rich and die. And she like is really unhappy with her life because she doesn't want to be rich. So she like is very upset. It's just so funny. Um. Fortune Feimster's comedy special, Sweet and Salty, is very good. Oh, I love Fortune Feimster. You should watch uh, that. <laughs> it, the special's great. It's really funny. I watched Little Women. I liked it. <laughs> okay, Brad. What? Have you oh, watched... Uh, oh! Bon, bon Appetit! appetit. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to Bon Appetit! Bon Appetit! Oh, my, how did I forget about Bon Appetit? That has gotten all of us through... Even Harish has been falling into it, watching it with me, turning it on. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bon Appetit is the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> oh, it's so good. We'll talk more about that later. Um, Holes from 2003 <laughs> is a good movie. It is! <laughs> put that on my forever rex just i'm always thinking about holes 2003 um beastie boy story and i'll let i'll let sam recommend the song we both want to recommend oh you don't have to no no it's all you okay well i'll just lead with that um so the 1975 (laughs) they i know you're sick of hearing about this i unfollow the pod i can't stress enough how much this is one of the best songs ever created in existence of ever. <laughs> song fucks harder than any other song before it 
and any other song after it. It's so good. And something that a lot of the people, like the fandom was talking about is like, this is the first time in a long time that like the buildup to the song being released is like a huge collective excitement. And this Mm -hmm. is great because like Molly and I have never been through like the buildup of a 1975 album because like Mm -hmm. she became a huge stan like shortly after Brief and Corey. And then I was like six months later ish. And so, like, this is our first time, like, really getting into it. And so being a part of this was, like, so much fun. But anyways, the song is called If You're Too Shy, parentheses, let me know. And it's just, like, it's an, it'll get in your head. And it's not even annoying that it's stuck in your head because there's just so, it's so happy. Like, you just, like, get so excited when you hear it. Oh, it's perfect. It's just got some sweet sax in it. And oh, that sax. You really feel it. I... I'm going to go absolutely feral when it plays and we see them live eventually in two years. <laughs> the day that song dropped, um, I had a lot going on that day. Um, and it came out and I had a lot I needed to get done and it came out and I was just so overcome with the emotions about that song. It made me like physically ill. <laughs> I was just so excited. It started making me nauseous. And then it was such a good song that it made me nauseous. And then later that day, I found out that the Beastie Boys documentary was available to watch and I cried. You had just, it was a perfect day for Molly. It was a lot of good content dropped at once, man. What can I say? But yeah, that's um, an amazing, perfect um, song. Can I sneak in one more rec? Yeah, I go for it. I also finally watched Euphoria. It was great. Oh, have not seen it. I just found out that's an A24 production. Had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's... They do everything. No, it's a good show. Um, another song... Well, the whole album's really good, but specifically the song... Um, Rina Suyama, I think is how you say her name. I don't know. I've never heard it actually said out loud. But anyway, she released a song called XS. She's on the Dirty Hit label that the 1975 is on and the song people keep saying it's like if corn and britney spears had a baby like it's this kind of music and the song just slaps so hard the music video is absolutely like really fun it's just like a really good vibe and i was like really pissed off the day that it came out and somebody sent it to me and they're like hey this just feels like something you'd like and it just like pulled me out of my mood instantly like i was just i was like so happy it was like just a little gift from like the world that I was like, Oh yes, some good food. It was amazing. But anyways, would recommend. Um, so, and then the other song that I want to recommend is the song three small words that is from the movie Josie and the Pussycats. Um, and I'd also with that, like to recommend the film Josie and the Pussycats, which is, um, the greatest movie of all time, or sorry, the best movie ever, according to the movie itself. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this movie on here before, but it is a cinematic masterpiece. It was ahead of its time when it came out. Nobody really understood it. And um, now it's really starting to get a cult following and I can see it slowly building up more and more as like more film people are like talking about it. And it's making me very happy because I had to watch this movie my freshman year of college for a pop culture class. And she was the reason we had to watch it was because it was in the net the movie itself is an analysis on consumerism and pop culture and um like every single person in the class we had like such a range of types of people every single person in that class was like yeah this movie fucks like it was just a collective agreement nobody was mad we had to watch it it's so good and all the songs in it are written by the dude from um 
uh what's that fucking band fountains of wayne he wrote stacy's mom and he co-write co-wrote all of the um crazy ex-girlfriend songs too he wrote like most of those um is he the one who passed away yeah i was just about to say unfortunately he did pass away very recently uh r.i.p um but yeah that song three small words three small words is like the opening song and like they use it a lot throughout the movie and it just fucking slaps dude um other movies we watched Knives Out like twice in like a week and a half. Um, one time though, we watched it with commentary and I would really recommend watching with commentary. It's great. It's really fun to hear. I love Ryan Johnson. I've been obsessed with him for like ever. Uh, I just think he's neat. And I think his wife, Karina Longworth, is also neat. Um, but it's really fun to watch Ryan talk about how many happy accidents and failing upwards situations that they had setting up the movie. Like obviously he wrote a perfect script and like obviously he's like a fantastic director director but like they had a lot of really lucky moments where they were going to have to change up stuff and it just like the universe let them do everything they wanted to do and it's just really cool to see some insight on that and just hear them talk about how great the cast was um bring it on watch that it still fucks as hard as you remember it um we watched the house on haunted hill the vincent price version oh yeah i've never seen that movie it's my first time watching it ever and it is hands down one of the best horror films I've ever seen in my life. I'm wow. obsessed with it. It's just like I was having so much fun through the whole we watched the remake a while back and I hated it. The remake it. sucks. Oh my god, I hated it so much. And I was like, please let this version be like so much better. And it was. It is I it's on YouTube probably because it's public domain. You can get it anywhere. Um, and it's just a great story. Vincent Price, like, of course, kills it. There's an awesome skeleton at the end that's <laughs> yeah. just, like, really popular. Like, you've definitely seen GIFs of the skeleton. You had um, me at skeleton. It's like, have you seen the GIF where he, like, a skeleton pushes a woman? It's, like, used a lot around Hall- Halloween. Probably. There's one. It's from this movie, and it's great. Um, so, yeah, that's all the movies. And then just some quick just tv uh, i don't remember i think i mentioned on the bonus episode good girls i discovered that show it's really really great if you want like a really funny drama that's like actually like really wild it's great and then the kind of bad guy in it rio is like one of the hottest guys i've ever seen in my life um and then harish and i have been watching twin peaks it's a rewatch for me it's first time for harish it's just as much of a delight as i remember it being yeah i, I ship agent cooper and sheriff truman so hard <laughs> i just want them to kiss <laughs> like the whole time i'm Wait, watching them I'm just gay. like <laughs> there's just this moment in the first scene where they're like real close to each other's faces and like something exciting for Dale cooper happens and he like pinches harry's nose and then he like skips away and yeah. it's, just, it's just the sweetest little moment you could ever see between two platonic male friends and you're just like i'm in love with them <laughs> it's so cute only david Amazing. lynch could have wanted like made that moment happen so we have him to think but yeah sorry that was a lot i feel like i was talking forever but yeah oh um, sorry one more i played i finished all of luigi's mansion i got that out of my system and now i've been playing super mario odyssey and it's fantastic i'm not completely through with it but i am having a great time okay yeah i didn't i didn't really have anything (laughs) else to add (laughs) twin peaks is great all the other stuff that samantha mentioned i guess everything i've watched you Um, have also watched (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, until dawn. I also played this game called Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which is pretty cool. And you finished Control. Um, I finished Control. It's really fun. Also played the uh, DLC that they just got released. Um, it's really fun. Um, what? Oh yeah, I I started playing Animal Crossing. I haven't played it in so long it's like it's a very chill fun game when he first got it um, he stayed up until like 3 a.m one of the first nights of having yeah it. <laughs> yeah i was just trying to finish getting enough stuff for the museum <laughs> um but uh yeah like i i like paused playing it a while ago and haven't like went back to it um but yeah it's like a really fun chill game um very relaxing and it's good um uh, I mentioned Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, which is about this girl um, who is trying to take on the uh, Norse gods um, because her, like, lover has died. Um, but she's also, she um, she uh, is, uh, she's schizophrenic. She, like, she hears voices, um, and she also, like, experiences psychosis, and the game was, like, made... Um, like with input from mental health professionals and people who experience psychosis. So, um, it's, it's like really pretty and like well done. Um, and it's just like a, a nice little story. It's not a very long game, but, uh, I'd also recommend that creepy too. It's, it's pretty creepy too. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I had really. So just real quick to dabble back to something we mentioned earlier. Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Just Talk to let you about know. that. Today is probably the first day in like a week that I have not watched a video. It's still not the end of the day. I might slap one on later. You have time. Um, but I would highly recommend just taking a peep at some of them. I would recommend starting with like something with Brad in it because that'll really like get you in on them. But um. I my first video that like really got me in is the back to back with Michael Shannon. I would also suggest maybe starting with that one, <laughs> but that'll change your view on the world. But um, yeah, I I have just absolute. I've never gotten so into a YouTube channel in my life. I'm just I'm always discovering something new. I like from it every day. Every you can't go wrong with a single video. Like there's not a bad choice there. Nothing's boring. They're all just like really fun personalities very different people it's great watching them together i would really recommend brad and claire as a pairing because she is just always just amazed at how stupid he is and it's really funny to watch my favorite segment that they do so they like there's like the channel and then they all have like kind of different shows that they do and some of it's just regular cooking where you can like learn the recipe but like claire does this thing where she recreates like popular snack foods brad does fermentation based cooking um Carla does like back to back, which um, a celebrity has to cook a recipe, but turned away from her. But they all have the ingredients, so she has to guide them through by voice. And my favorite segment features Chris Morocco. I haven't watched he... any of his yet. Oh, oh my God, Sam, he's my favorite. Any of his like single ones? Oh my God. Okay, I know you're like there's still time in the day to watch something. Watch um um one where he has to eat like a celebrity chef's food and recreate it. Like, he's blindfolded, and he's eating it, and he has to recreate the dish from, like, smell and touch and taste only. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's so incredible to watch. He's ama- He's wonderful. He's amazing. 
Um, I also like their at home where they all make coffee. I love that one. That's so cute. Hold on one second. He got hot sauce on his keyboard. Um, the fuck the, <laughs> the most thing you've ever <laughs> <I know>. said. <laughs> the coffee one, I love it. And I was telling Maddie the other day, um, the one where they make their quote pantry pasta is one of those really funny things that just mm-hmm. lets you show how removed like professional chefs are from like regular everyday people because it's amazing what they think people like. They're like, oh, you know, you're just typical marinated beans, and it's like, who has that? I know. Oh <laughs> it's my so god. So funny. Um, but that's also a great video. But the coffee one is really great because they spend the whole thing just talking shit about each other because everyone's like so like there's like the pretentious ones and then there's the ones that are like they don't give a shit and you can tell it's like a big debate within the test kitchen for them the chris delaney <laughs> editing between them there's this moment where alex delaney who is also one of the best they're all like one of the best members of the i've just gotten kitchen. into alex i'm like going on a dive through his stuff right now I, alex delaney is awesome he's very cool um he's like the most important step is drinking coffee out of a mug you like and for me that's like a novelty ceramic mug and it cuts to chris morocco and he's like, I heard Alex Delaney said to drink your mug out of like some shitty like airport mug. No, 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 no. He holds up his mug and he's like, this is a Lale ceramic mug. I got from upstate New York. I was so funny. The editing team for Bon Appetit deserves fucking oh, it was great. every award. And then like they go to Claire and she's like, yeah, I just eyeball that shit because who has time in the morning to like perfectly balance out? And she's like, I know Chris is like going to be so particular. Like they spend the whole video just talking mad shit about Chris and it's so funny. And then it just keeps flashing to Chris being like, yeah, it's supposed to be like this. <laughs> like he's like very insistent. Mm-hmm. I also yesterday watched um, Chris and Brad making Andy's mints and oh. I have never seen two people so stressed out in my life. Brad oh like almost God. gives up. <laughs> they made like six. And Claire was so disappointed in them. I'm sorry, if you don't watch this series, this is not going to be entertaining for you to listen <laughs> no, to. you should. If anything, you should. So my philosophy is like, we talk too much about the 1975. We talk too much about Bon Appetit Test Kitchen right now. It's just who we are. This is what we're doing during quarantine. This is the real us. If you watch it, I promise you'll also want to only talk about it. Carisha's like, hard disagree. (laughs) We also haven't talked in a while, so this is like basically just us talking about what we like. (laughs) You just have to tune in. All right, so I guess we should wrap up the episode. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, like, like, share, subscribe, all that usual stuff. Um, go to our websites, tipsyterror.rip, tipsyterror.wtf, tipsyterror.com, and tipsyterror.pub. .pub. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Samantha mentioned our Patreon 30 minutes ago. Sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, our Patreon's free um, right now. I'm not charging for April or May. Um, depending on how long this quarantine stuff goes, probably won't charge for June either. But, um, yeah, so it's the perfect time. Everything's free. You can just sign up and download our episodes and listen to them and then like cancel your Patreon. It's, it's a scam, like free scam. Here you go. Or Um, just give us some money. I don't care. Just do it. Um, but yeah, um, that's going to be at patreon.com slash tipsy tear, I guess. Yeah. And you can also find that on all our websites. Our social medias. Social medias. Yeah. Um, Tipsy, Tipsy Terror, Terror po- on right? Twitter. TipsyTerrorPod at gmail.com. 
Um, I'm at not a credit card and everything. I'm at Save Our Shaggy on everything officially uh, now. Yeah. I have. I saw you change your letterbox. I, I have spread. I paid twenty dollars to become a Letterbox Pro member just so I can change my fucking name on there. And something I didn't Someone think got about. Someone a stimulus check. Oh uh, yeah, it was for literally right after I got my stimulus check. Um, something I didn't think about was the the risk that Save Our Shaggy could have been taken already. And I got on there and I like already paid for it. And then I thought about that, but luckily it was not. But yeah, all all social media, Save Our Shaggy. That's, That's nice. a Scooby-Doo reference, by the way. Um, I would like, I have another thing to plug. Um, If you have extra money, um, southsidelearning.org, they're doing work to give people in Columbus care kits. Oh, I donated to that. dollars to donate like one so it's you're not even thinking about it if you have the ability to do so i would recommend it they're doing a lot of good work um and you know it's like it makes a big difference like in the community every little bit helps um you can find me online oh i'm always there letterbox is at m-o-1-1-y-h-a-i-n-e-s uh my instagram is molly francis haynes and my twitter is midsummer queen and my TikTok is a Beastie Boys fan account. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Cool. Thanks for listening. Um, are we going to do a morning after for this since we're not drunk? I don't really feel the yeah. need. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.